last time on Dice Funk. Tell me where Nucky is. Do I have the authorization now? Chris, this is your only chance. If you want to change the name of your gun to the authorization. <laughs> oh, they're the bodies. I'm going up and I'm looking. Yeah, is is this the heads of crown? You want to talk about patience? I've been waiting for months. You're the reason that we're in the game. Crown Corpse, sensing death approaching, set out on a grand project to make sure that when they die, poor people didn't get any of their stuff. And now we're creating a system that will replace Crown Corporation. Think about it this way. There was government and then there was corporations. That's fine for a while. Now we have a new thing, which is just the algorithm. Uh, Crown of Madness on General Heller. Yeah, the grenade goes off and you kill three uh, soldiers no! in that first blast and they are shredded like meat confetti. I'm still wondering why you're calling me hybrid. I'm not talking to you, Warforged. The name's Mardis. Crown will absolutely declare war on you. Let's They will chase you to any continent, any plane, the afterlife, it doesn't matter. I am none of your kids and I am doing exactly what you taught me. Taking what you need to survive. And then I shoot Nucky in the forehead. So we have no, um, no fence now, huh? Sneeple were harmed in the making of this podcast. Blatant lie, provably untrue, categorically false. How do I sound? Small. Lovely as always. Oh, thank you. I don't know what Austin said. I heard the word small. Uh Austin, you sound like a big piece of crap. (laughs) Fair, honest, accurate. I gotta pass it all around. Mm -hmm. There's gotta be a give and take. All right, so we're going to make literally zero progress if we don't start talking now. So I'm going to start talking. Where we last left this episode, uh, Lenora, yeah. Ed, <laughs> Ed, Aaron of Aaron Aeronautics, uh, an unconscious private fortune, and George were sitting outside of the, what used to be the mess hall, which is now destroyed by grenades. Mm-hmm. Who knows how that happened? It's a mystery. The jury's still out. Yep. I don't know. I didn't do it. Plausible deniability. You guys are sitting cross-legged on the ground, surrounded by bodies that Aaron uh, killed on his way over to Ed. Like really morbid kindergarten. (laughs) Crisscross applesauce. Don't look at the dead bodies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. Okay. There are also a number of down drones here. Uh, you don't know exactly why, or it's it's not really a mystery. It's just when Hel- Heller controls them, and when he went into drug rave, he stopped controlling them, and they crashed. So there are down drones all around you guys as well, and you're sitting there having this conversation. Uh, suddenly, Ed starts talking in two voices, which is a great shock to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and where we start our scene, Aaron says, "Now before we go any further." There's a question I'd like to ask of you. It's something I ask everybody I work with. And it was asked to me and changed the course of my life. So if you don't mind, I would like to ask it now. And that is, what do you think you deserve? Uh, That's a really good question. 
Though normally I take quite a while to come to a to a solid answer, so I might have to get back to you on that one if you don't mind. Um, I don't know. I just think I deserve what everyone else deserves. Just enough to be happy and comfortable. A revealing answer. Thank you. You're welcome. I hope it revealed a good thing. Other uh, sort of a, a slight shift almost in Ed's posture before he speaks. There's a period of time where I felt like at the very least I deserved answers, but I don't know if it's important that I know that right now. Thank you for your cooperation. Now, I'm given to understand the next part of this transaction here is negotiation. Now, usually I have people who carry out this part for me, not my forte, but my understanding is I make an offer, something that is far above what I expect to get, so that I may be bargained down to something more reasonable. And then you make your counteroffer similarly stacked in your favor, and we go back and forth like that before we reach some kind of equilibrium. So... Allow me to open negotiations. Ed, Modus, Lenora, the rest of your friends, I want you to come with me back to Lion Hill to help me fulfill whatever potential is ahead of me. Yeah, I, I, if Ed is comfortable and everyone else is comfortable, I'm on board, but I think it's hard to make decisions without the other half of our team. I'm surprised that the indecisiveness your team displays uh spending some time with cat squared i got the idea that your uh, team loser as i understand you are called were a more focused bunch but i've only seen your files i downloaded them as i spent the time in the back of your van there's been a lot of murder today so i'm a little shooketh you said you downloaded our files so you already know Different things that we might have obligations to, different debts that need to be paid, don't you? I have perused the relevant portions. What are the relevant portions? Is this really how you want to spend your time, bickering over small details while people breathe their last all around you? No, no. You're right, you're right. This is not great. As I said, I am not experienced in the art of negotiation, but my analysis of the process so far is that you are failing. If you want me to come intact, then I have my own terms that I'll need fulfilled first. Well, I asked you to furnish your counter-reposal several minutes ago, so... I was trying to get a feel for your demeanor first, is all I'm saying. So, (laughs) here is the situation. I've got involved in all this for a very specific reason. There is an individual that was responsible for getting me operational and providing me a place to stay in relative safety for the past five years. And now their business, my prior home, is going to be foreclosed on due to debt consolidation and the like. You erase that debt, I go with you. Done and done. Easy. How's my demeanor? It's just fine. It's just fine. He pushes a b- bloody arm off of his shoe. <laughs> he's wearing a sandal, of course, so it leaves a, a streak of blood on him. He's just hes just kind of like, he's having fun with it, but he's also surprised that you needed to, to kind of gauge him considering the scene around you. Okay, let me just shoot a couple quick texts off. <laughs> um, behind you, you hear a shifting in the rubble and a screeching of metal against metal. 
and bricks being pushed around. And rising up from the flames is the figure of General Heller. God dang, he's too big. An immense Cobra man wielding a soul-bonded grenade launcher uh, silhouetted against the flames, his eyes burning with malice as he seems to be getting his second wind in the face of death. Meanwhile, Katarina, you just killed Nucky. Yep. How are you? Quiet. Mm. There's not a lot. She's uh, going to put her gun away and head out to go find where Aaron is. All right, you walk through the portal back into the weapons lab. I assume you see Frank, who has finished inspecting the bodies, which have all been uh, quickly dispatched. Uh, Aaron isn't much for uh, torture or anything. He He pretty much cleanly killed the Modron and the scientist. Frank, you see Katarina come back through the portal alone. Um, so I take it when your your friend's staying here, running the uh, running the stuff from here. Then, yeah, he's fine. Where's Aaron? I don't know. He's already gone by the time I came up here. Um, we should probably we should probably get going, get in that van, and get going. Um, what's what's the what's the plan? What what do you guys decide down there? Uh, Katarina's just going. She's not. She's not gonna acknowledge Frank. Jerk. Frank's Frank's gonna follow, but like he's, he can tell something's a bit up. Like something's not quite right here. All right, you guys exit the nerd building, and you see there are bodies everywhere. Many dismembered, cleanly decapitated, just holes punched through their chests. There are broken drones everywhere, um, and in the distance, you see General Heller rise out of the rubble. Katarina is going to draw her gun and she's going to start running towards that scene. All right. Sounds like you want to roll initiative. Yes. Hey, guys, Uh, you want to have a classic D&D boss fight? mm. No. (laughs) (laughs) 22. I rolled a seven. Sorry, I'm just slightly overwhelmed there. I'm like, wait, what? Boss fight? What? (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm like, not ready. Like, listen, listen, we took care of the first phase of the Heller fight, which is great, but there's always a second phase. Wait, am I still high? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yes, Lauren. The answer is yes. Always yes. 10. 18. Is Frank in better shape after like several months of like adventuring? Has he been like getting his cardio in? Is he starting to get back into like anime protagonist mode? Well, see, here's the thing. Before like all the shit went down with Cat, legitimately I was thinking for my next downtime scene I wanted to do a Cat and Frank get into into shape montage where like Cat trains Frank to try and get back some of that anime protagonist <laughs> body, but I, I I have a feeling that's not gonna happen anytime soon. <laughs> I'm actually going to put Heller on the map. Distance is going to be important. In fact, in character, Aaron yells out, that's a glitter gold launcher. That has about a range of about 20 feet. You're all going to want to stand back if y'all don't want to lose the limbs you're so attached to. Okay. He is definitely going to fire that thing, and you guys know it does not fuck around. I'm assuming a handgun has range of 20 feet? Absolutely. So I want to try to shoot that boy. All right, so I put him on the map there. You guys, every square is five. So right now, you all, everyone in the party is out of range, but he's going to move, so. 18 to hit. That hits. Uh, then he's going to take 11 damage as I shoot him. Pew! Uh, yeah, you shoot him. He is wearing uh, 
not full full armor because he wasn't expecting to go into battle but you get the sense that his general stuff has some kind of advanced magical shielding in case of assassination attempt so you hit him with 18 but it doesn't look like it hurts too much and i'm going to uh, end my turn by activating my barbarian reach oh gosh she angry she angry frank your turn I'm going to try casting Toll the Dead, which has a range of 60 feet, so I can do that from nice and far back. So that's a wisdom save versus 15. Five. Then I do uh, 2d12. Haha, because damage is He's taking done. damage, yeah. 12 damage. Very nice. Uh, so now it is NPC's turn. Uh, Aaron says to y'all, I will go get our escape vehicle. And he runs towards the uh, carpool. Excuse me while I go to the van. Yeah. <laughs> Frankly, all I care about is Ed at this point. <laughs> I don't know why this. he's not saying this. He's gone. But yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm giving you his inner monologue. I don't care if the snake kills everybody here as long as I get what I'm after. Uh, so I hope you enjoy this look into his brain. Toodaloo. <laughs> I do like hearing you talk like that. I sound extremely handsome when I do it. Um, <laughs> so as an interaction uh, General Heller reaches down into uh, he has a, on his belt a bunch of different stuff there's like a trench knife there's a, his side arm there's all kinds of stuff you get a lot of stuff when you're in the military one is there's a thing he opens on his belt and inside there is a pill of Nox <gasps> no which he pulls out and pops into his mouth because as you guys read in the emails in Sharp Financial, one of the things that they looked into for the drug was used as a combat stimulant. The fact that you had a terrible crash afterwards means it's not really viable for long-term plans, but they have it around. So he pops that, and then he's going to uh, try to move. Um, he actually, I'm going to use half of his mo- movement because he has to wade through rubble so he doesn't get mm-hmm. all the way to you guys. Uh, but he raises a hand as he walks over, and he has control of drones now. Cat took one, but he starts pulling up other ones. They start the ones that weren't destroyed when they crashed start flying, and are going to start peppering y'all with gunfire. So dexterity saving throw as you are strafed. Strafe. Strafe. All right. Also worth noting when I talk about milt, so drone is a weird word in the English language. It refers to a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about like a droney Maloney or the Butler bot, those are like basketball size, like cute. Like we talked about them as like floating emoticon. Yeah. But when you talk about military drones, I'm going to put a picture in the chat, mm. but they are basically small planes. They mm-hmm. are. They're more substantial. Also, fun fun fact. Um, I know, you know, America loves to <laughs> name stuff like the Patriot Act and Operation Enduring Freedom. Do you guys want to know what the, are the drones our military use, uses that I learned during research? Operation America's the best and we're great all other countries suck drone tiny liberties <laughs> they're called reapers oh nothing good is ever called a reaper that, that's and, that, and that's is, is, is that an acronym uh i don't think so and they also and they fire hellfire missiles so branding mm-hmm. so de- the the deck save 19 for frank 15 for ed 16 for Lauren. Lenora, not Lauren. 21 for Kat. So Lenora and Ed, who are, this makes sense because you guys were together. You guys get hit. No. I'm sorry. No, you're not. I am, though. Damage. Nine damage as you guys are uh, 
hit with small fire from the bottom uh, gu- machine guns on them as they strafe overhead. And that is not great. And so that is Heller's turn. He's like waiting through rubble. He has his grenade launcher in one hand. He's trying to get close enough to blow you to bits, but he's going to pepper you with drone fire in the meantime. And he says, as he's like coming towards you slowly and with revenge murder in his eyes, he says, you, you damn hippies. I'll get you for this. (laughs) Nice. Lenora's turn. Uh, I don't think Crowd of Madness will work in this context. No, I was <laughs> I was thinking I'm gonna do mind spike. So that's a wisdom saving throw. Bitch. Whoa. Not, not you, bitch. <laughs> not you. You're fine. <laughs> Nine, I failed. You failed. That's forty eight. But isn't he on Knox? Oh yeah. Ha ha. Oh shit. Oh shit. Now who's high? <laughs> 20 I no! saved 20 saves god damn it Chris I almost slipped through there god damn it blowing up my spot literally so you get 6 wow so many damage Um, it sounds like it is Skitch's turn remember if you guys want to move make sure you vocalize that because he's going to kill you I'm moving I'm running away <laughs> <laughs> retreat retreat so what Ed will do is he will tap into his uh, temporal overclocking to increase his speed by 10 for the duration. I forgot that Longstrider was still technically active, so his speed right now is 50 feet. So what he's going to do is he's going to try to hit uh, General Heller with Ray of Frost as he moves um, away from him at the same time to try to hopefully slow him down. Okay, uh, I rolled a 10, so it's probably a miss. Correct. As just sort of like a Beam of ice shoots past Teller, and Ed sort of moves in the same direction as Lenora, but actually tries to keep space away from her so that they're not in too tight of a bundle for the gunfire or explosion. So Yeah, got to keep spacing so you don't take AoE damage. I've played Baldur's Gate. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I read that fight with the one wizard that just blows me up instantly. All right, it sounds like it is now Katarina's turn. You're in a berserker rage. You have a gun. Yes, so I'm going to first take a shot at him. Mm-hmm. Uh, 19. Hit. He is going to take eight damage. And then I'm going to move closer to Heller. Oh, shit. Okay. So I'm going to try to move about like 10 feet closer. Nice. So Kater- That's Frank. Oh. Yeah, don't don't move in in the roll twenty. Frank just got moved much closer, and he's a very squishy, very squishy boy. The wrong wrong anime got moved closer. Are you sure Frank isn't the tank? I mean, it rhymes with his name. Frank the tank. Um, Frank is gonna get destroyed if he faces a tank. All right, so it is now Frank's turn. Katarina rushes in, making herself the target, giving you room to do wizard shit. Okay, so Frank's gonna try and do a ray of frost. Because same idea as Ed, just uh, a turn or so late. Um, 21. Hit. Okay, so that does 2d8 cold. That's 12 damage, plus it slows down Hella. So Hella now has 10 foot speed reduction until the start of my next turn. Nice. So there we go. We're using a lot of spatial strategies. That's cool. I forgot, I'm going to do another thing, actually, while it's still my turn, is I'm going to use Benign Transposition to teleport 30 feet further away. Oh, snap! 
Yeah, using my my movement spells in combat. This is a very cinematic fight. Yeah. All right, so now NPC's turn. So as Katarina rushes at Heller, Heller obviously draws down and goes to fire his grenade launcher directly into your center mass. Did you have a reaction, Katarina, or were you just hoping to tank that blast? Uh, no, I don't have, like, a reaction set for it. I have a couple contingencies in place to try to mitigate the chance of getting hit. Okay, so if you don't have a reaction, uh, another NPC does. Um, from the carpool, you hear Aaron say, Look out, Cat Squared! As he picks up and throws a jeep, like a softball. (laughs) The length of the military base to try to hit Heller for you. Dope. Uh, 15, it misses and lands right next to him. God, that would have done so much damage. It would have been so fucking cool. <laughs> so, Katarina, from your perspective, uh, you're running at the guy. He points his grenade launcher at you, and a fucking jeep just falls out of the sky and slams into the ground 10 feet away from both of you. Nice, nice throw! <laughs> I'm a little rusty. Apologies for the aim. So, the drones now can only target... Uh, a certain area, so they're gonna hit the the grouping, which is Lenora and Ed. So dexterity, please no dexterity saving throw. God, it's better that it didn't hit all four of you. Spreading out was a good idea. Mm-hmm. Don't mean I like it. Nineteen. Nine. Oh, Lenora, uh, ten damage. God fucking damn it! As Ed, with his mighty speed, runs away from the bullets, and you get clipped pretty bad. Oh no, that's so bad. It's your turn, Lenora. Uh, I'm gonna try to toll the dead because I'm out of spell slots. Warlocks. Warlocks. Got them. No, no spell slots. That's a wisdom save. Fail, seven. F- fucking finally. 2d12. 2d12. What about? Oh, take away that one. It's just seven. It's just seven. <laughs> just seven. It's just seven. Isn't he still under Nox? He should have had advantage. You know what? I'm not used to being on drugs. <laughs> God damn it, Chris. Crit. <laughs> God damn it, Chris. <laughs> I'm never letting anything slide for Chris again. I'm just pointing that out. I'm going to call out everything. So at, there was a hard conversation that's going to happen if everyone survives. And now, because of out-of-game reasons, Lenora is going to be very belligerent <laughs> to Katarina. All right. Ed's gonna, Ed's speed has been reduced down to 30 because Overclock reduces his speed in the following round. He's going to run kind of away from Lenora, like basically in our map, downward to hopefully draw the drones away from her. At the same time, he's going to he's going to pull out his pistol from just his uh his compartment, you know, the the one in his leg in this case, and light up and t- and take a shot at Heller. So, nineteen hit uh, eleven damage as he sort of just you know runs and pulls off a shot, you know. Solid hit. And for anyone who's having trouble visualizing this, I just want to restate the board. So if you imagine Heller is in the middle. Uh, where the rubble is. Katarina's running right towards him. Uh, Frank has teleported away in one direction. Ed has used his magic speed to go in the other. And then Lenora hasn't really used much, but she's also uh, pretty separated right now. So they're they're grouped, they're, they're spread very far out to avoid a grenade party wipe. So very, very good use of everyone's skills. 
I'm gonna die. <laughs> All right, that sounds like it is uh, Katarina's turn. You're almost face to face with Heller. I want to finish closing that distance. Uh huh. And then I get face to face with them, and we're turning this into a fist fight. So I'm going to uh, drop my gun, pull out my harpoon, and I'm going to use one of the barbarian's other special abilities, which is, uh, I believe, Reckless Strike, I think it's called, Uh which is I gain advantage on all my attacks in exchange for taking disadvantage on attacks against me next turn. So this will be six attack rolls against uh, Heller. (laughs) That's okay, D&D. Fine. (laughs) So the first attack roll is a 19, then a 25, and then a 22. All three hit. Okay. So that's going to be... I love this image. You're running straight towards him. He has a grenade launcher. It's This is just the dumbest thing anyone's ever done. You're shooting him with a revolver, and then you just drop it and run up and start stabbing him. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be 27 damage. Yikes on bikes. That is a lot of stabs, my friend. Stab, 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 stab. Good. Let it be enough stabs to bring you to death. Nope, unfortunately. He's too big. (laughs) He's a hefty lad. Frank, I think it's your turn. Okay, so Frank's going to try and use a firebolt this time. Let's do d20 plus 7. 20. Hit. Okay, so that does 2d10 fire damage. Yes! 18 damage. Nice. Very nice. Throwing that fire around. You slam him with a bolt of fire, burning him badly. So he was like crushed under rubble and stuff. So he's pretty messed up. And that seems to be the first one, which seems to be pretty close to finishing him off. You burn his, the hood on his like Cobra form. I had really hoped that that was going to be the hit that killed him so that I could just scream YOLO as a dragon flew by. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it looks like it's Heller's turn now. Uh, Aaron, instead of throwing another Jeep, because that would smush <laughs> Katarina probably to death, uh, he instead gets in an armored uh, personnel carrier and starts driving it over here. He's going to try to pick you guys up. That That is his turn. Uh, and Heller, so he could shoot Katarina point blank in the face with a grenade that may kill him too. But would he do that? Yeah, you know what? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Dexterity saving throw, Katarina. 19 for Heller, so... 27 crit! Crit! <laughs> <sighs> okay, so... Austin was like, damn, I thought I killed you. Suck my nuts, Snake Man! <laughs> oh no, Austin, one of your character, uh, one of the player characters survived, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so here's what happens. You run up and you're stabbing him, you're stabbing him, you're stabbing him. And then Frank shoots a firebolt. Uh, he, gets bla- he takes a couple steps back away, because he's burned badly and stabbed. And he sees you closing the distance and he jumps back and tries to, he just fires the grenade directly into the ground between the two of you. So you're both going to take this uh, fireball damage. This is a a classic Unreal Tournament rocket jump, basically, is what's happening here. 27 fire damage. Okay. And that shreds him. He's not dead, but he's, he he clearly was, it was one of his last ditch attempts. Gotcha. He's also going to have the drone strafe himself in Katarina. <laughs> 22. 
20. We both saved again. Oh my god. All right, so now there's just- We're having this epic fight in the middle of this rubble on fire, dude. This fight is fucking lit. This is some Jotro Dio shit. Yeah, you guys are just slugging it out, and there's bullets hailing down on you. You guys, like, someone's just opening up just two machine guns right on your position. You're both on fire. Lenora, your turn. I'm gonna try uh, to frostbite- uh, oh my god, I botched the first one, but with advantage 17. God damn it. Okay. Is Frostbite a cantrip? Yeah. Oh. And then I'm going to move closer to the van. It's an art. So the van? The armored van, the one, the escape van. Okay, so Aaron's uh, ro- rolling up to you guys. He does a, puts it into like a Tokyo drift, kicks the door open. Are you going to just jump into the armored personnel carrier? Yeah, I'm fucking getting in there. I don't have a lot of health. Yeah, I mean, you got messed up pretty bad. Ed, I think it's your turn. Yeah, um, Ed's going to overclock again, so his you know speed is fifty feet. He's going to move closer um, and kind of arc towards Heller and Katarina. Line up, take another sort of pot shot as he runs by. So D twenty plus seven, twenty four. Yep, that hits. That hits, and he gets sneak attack on it because there's an ally that's adjacent. So that's be three D six plus four damage, seventeen damage. Paint me a picture. All right, so. Ed sort of, like, lunges forward on the ground at his feet, runs towards the wreckage that Katarina and Heller are fighting on, kind of does a nice little clean clean cut in his run towards the van as he uh, flicks the gun out, pulls a shot right at Heller, probably striking him in the neck as he moves towards the van immediately afterwards. Shooting him in the neck seems unfair. Snakes are all neck. I mean, that's why I said that, you know, because <laughs> it, it could be anywhere in the body if I say neck. Okay. Katarina, you're you're fighting in the rubble. There's bullets hailing down around you. This seems like a pretty cool, uh, epic one-on-one bout, and suddenly his neck explodes. Dope. <laughs> I will then give him one execution shot through the head. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just to make sure. So I'm, I can't... Making, I'm making sure he doesn't come back. Yeah, so I don't bring him back later with, like, a cool neck wound. Yeah, I don't want Darth Cyan up in this shit. <laughs> You're not recurring! <laughs> <laughs> One boss fight, that's it! I'm not fighting Maester Seymour all over again. Not even a cameo! <laughs> Pew! Alright, he is dead. I'm gonna take out my phone. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna snap a picture of the body, and I'm gonna shoot that picture over to Graves. All right, that sounds like a pretty interesting idea. Aaron w- w- finished whipping the APC around. All right now, everybody in. I'm already in. <laughs> As we're getting in, Frank's going to look to Kat and just go, are, are you sure we definitely don't need to take to take Nucky with us? Nah, he's not going to be coming along. In the background... You see General Heller's grenade launcher fade out of existence as his soul leaves his body. Yeah. Frank Frank gets in, but he's 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 not he's not doing great at the second, I don't think. So now there's gonna be an awkward family drive across the desert. Um once everybody's in, Aaron just dutifully starts driving. It's the middle of the night. You can barely see. There's no street lights. <laughs> there's barely any moon. And he's just driving, and it's awkward. And he says, uh, if y'all want to get uh, caught up real quick, I can uh, I can mind my own business, but we need to clear this before what happens next. So 
Lenora's gonna send a text to Rosen. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna be like, tell Memphis I'm sorry. I didn't do it. And I don't know if or when I'm coming back. I can't give details, but could you just check in on my parents every now and then? Tell them I'm backpacking or something. Rosen says, got you, fam. Thanks, B. You're ride or die. <laughs> Ed will take a moment to sort of like get, well, his phone. He barely uses <laughs> his phone out. And he's going to shoot messages over to Cundy. Uh, uh, in short, good news and bad news. The bad news is I might not be able to come by or come back anytime soon. Situation has changed dramatically. Good news I should we sh- I should be wiring over enough money to clear out the debts. Frank is going to turn to Cat and just just going to ask like a whole deal with with Nucky fencing those laptops eventually for us. Um what what's the deal with with that? How are we sorting that? Uh, I might have to find someone different to do that part. Yeah, I suspected you might be about to say that. What's Come on, t- tell me what's going on. Some something went on down there, and I don't like the feeling I'm getting out of this. Kat's just gonna kind of shrug it. She's like, "I mean, he's dead, so we gotta do." You and him were down there by yourself. He was the only fence we had, and he's dead now. I didn't. He didn't look like the kind of person who was gonna kill himself. Did you kill him? Yeah. You killed the only fence lead we had. We didn't need him. You might not need him, but I did. I needed to get those things out there. I needed to get out of this. Why did you? Why did you kill him? Why? What was so important with killing him right there and right now? You couldn't have let us. Couldn't have let him fence for us. Look, comes right down to it. Nucky wasn't the best offer. I just don't understand right now. What? What was so? What is so important about what uh, that he had to be killed there and now? What? What necessitated that? What was so important that you had to go, to go uh, you know, he could fence for all of us and do what we needs to be done for all of our needs, but no, no, I'm going to shoot him now. A deal for double, day, uh, double A up there. That doesn't even make sense. Aaron flashes a peace sign in the rear view mirror. <laughs> what, a deal that required you to shoot him right now? A deal that required him to get what was inside of that place. Nucky was just going to be another step inside that process to make things more difficult. Cat, I've tried to be patient with you during this whole I'm doing what's good for me, I'm I'm looking out for number one thing here. Like, look, you went in and we tried to find a new person to, to keep us safe. You shot him with a, a mind bullet. I tried to keep calm. We just raided a military base for this person and you just unilaterally chose to shoot him. It was the better offer. So literally everybody who dies, everybody who died at the military base was for nothing is what you're saying. Because you decided without saying a word to any of us, no, I'm, I'm going to shoot this guy who was going to be our fence because I've decided I want something different. Uh, I'd like to note, I walked outside and there were explosions going off <laughs> and a building collapsed. I wasn't a part of that chaos and nonsense. I was a part of one that came up midway into the mission that was a far better offer. Okay, explain to us. How is, how is this a far better offer for us? What do we get because you shot our fence? If you want to, you join up with Aaron. He got some good ideas, it sounds like, and he's got a lot of tools at his disposal. Do you want to stay inside that game forever? I don't want good ideas. I want to sell those laptops and get enough money so that I can sort my family out, and then whatever happens after that, I don't care. We're stuck in this 
ruddy mess. I've 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 realized I'm not getting out of this no matter what happens. I just wanted to get my family sorted and you've just killed the person that could have sorted that for us. Hey Aaron, do you think you know how to sell computers? Do you need to talk to the sales team? Uh, I'm sure I can connect you. I have my people talk to your people. There you go. He's he's got a whole team. Cat, it's not about the computers. Do you do you care in the slightest what what we're trying to get out of this? Do you do you even care? No. That should have been obvious enough. And you guys shouldn't care about what I get out of this. The only thing I care about is you being a liability. Exactly. What if we can never go back home now just because you don't have close family doesn't mean the rest of us do. No one forced you along on this. Y'all have your own decisions you can make. The only thing I asked... No, no, it's okay. It's fine. It's fine. Whatever. No, say what you want to say. No, uh, Lenora's gonna start texting Rose and really mad. <laughs> Are you texting your bud to see if Memphis will still take you back in? No, I'm talking shit about you. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it if that makes you feel better. It does. That's what having friends is for. You know Memphis is fucked, right? I know. Thank you. Thank you for that. He didn't do anything wrong. He's a drug dealer. He's a peddler. Just because you don't like drugs doesn't mean other people don't. Yeah, but he's still peddling the drugs, fully aware of the fact that it puts people down, it puts people in the ground. You know what else puts people in the ground? Shooting them. Yeah, it does. I'm honest about what I do. Speaking of which, did you bring, Did you pick up the authorization on the way out? Yes. Because you dropped it at one point. Okay, I just want to get that on camera. You say you say you're being being honest about what you do. You act like you're willing to go along with plans. Like you 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 act like yeah yeah no I'm I'm on board with I'm on board with all of you I'm on board with whatever the plan is going in. You you act like you're on our side like you you're gonna go go with us that you've got our backs, and then you just at the drop of a hat you decide like you decide at the drop of a hat you don't want to have our backs like. You tell us you're gonna do you're gonna do something, and then you do something totally different that's for yourself. You're not being as honest as you think. This is the most honest I've ever been, and maybe you oh, don't. Wait, hold on. Ah. You said you were like, okay, we'll come along. I said no guns. You were like, okay, no guns, and you acted like you were gonna. If you were here for something else, you should have told us so that we would know. You, every mission, you act like you're part of. You're gonna do the same thing we do. And then all of a sudden, now you're not. That is not being honest. That is omission, and that is technically a lie from what I have heard. Okay, I'm a liar. I'm a killer. What do you want me to say? Of all these that things- That you're a liar and a killer. That's fine. I'll admit it. Because I'd rather you hate me for all the things I am than for you to love me for all the things I'm not. Great. Aaron uh, brings this- <laughs> The APC to a slow stop <laughs> in the middle of this vast desert. It's so dark in every direction. Have you guys ever been in like actual utter wild darkness, like so yeah. far away from civilization? It's like spooky on a primal level. Georgia. And he just sits quietly for a moment. And he says, do I need to let y'all out to have this fight? If we fight, she's going to kill me. So no. I don't know what I'm doing, but I, I can't work with cats. Let's just get this, just go with Ed for Ed's sake. I have no hope that I'm going to get what I want out of this. The only thing I know is that, at the very least, if I make a plan with with you two, I'm at least going to have some stability that that's what we're planning. I can't do that with Kat. 
I can't trust that that whatever we say our goal is, I can't trust that that's what we're going for. I don't. At least I have short-term stability with you two, even if I can't get my long-term shit dealt with. Aaron turns around in his seat, looks at you, Frank, and he says, I don't believe we've been properly introduced. Aaron, of Aaron Aeronautics. And he, he holds out a hand. I have no idea what your deal is, but I am Frank. Hi. I don't give a shit anymore, because this is a big old mess. Hey. Now, there's been a lot of fighting, a lot of yelling, accusations. Not interested particularly, but I do have a question for you. It's a simple question. Frank, my dear, what do you think you deserve? I don't know what I deserve, but I know what I need. I need to get my family back, or at the very least, I need to make sure that they're okay and that they're okay after I'm gone. I know what I need. I don't know if that's what I deserve, but I know what I need. Admirable. So, there are two options. I can open the door, and you can see your way clear, as far as you can get on your feet. Or you can stay buckled up, and find a way to live with it. How can we make that happen? Uh, Lenore's gonna, like, put a hand on Frank's shoulder and be like, Frank, you know, you don't want to work with Kat, but could you stay for me and Ed? Especially me, because I don't know if I'm gonna ever see my family again, and, like, I'm a shitty kid and I never call them, but, like, now I feel bad about that. And I know you're not my real dad, but if I can't go home, which, who knows, it'd be nice to have a surrogate dad, you know? I'll stay for you, but I'm not trusting Kat as far as I can throw him. Same. That's cool, your kid's a drug addict. <laughs> At least they're not fucking you. Yeah, tell him, Dad. <laughs> As you look to Aaron, so why are you keeping her around? And Ed points over to Katarina. To be honest, I'm a bit amused by Cat Squared's antics. Uh, something about her that reminds me of myself. Driven. Yeah, well, I have a problem with people who are driven, but are unable to keep focused on any particular goals that is for the larger scheme of things. So either you apply some leverage to keep her in check, or I'm going to have a problem staying in this whole thing. The Warforged comes with me. The rest of you are invited, as you are part of this squad, this team loser. I can find uses for you. I have a plethora of ideas, a panoply. In fact, but if y'all intend on obstructing, well, this vehicle only needs two seats. Whatever Lenore is doing, I'm sticking with her for now. I'm sticking with Ed. Well, that sells the three of us, then. Katarina, cat squared, cat on cat on cat, can you behave yourself? Yeah, it's all good. I told you that I would improve you, and I intend on keeping my word if you can keep from killing your compatriots in the meantime. It's all good, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Aaron shifts back into drive and starts driving again. Uh, do we want to cut to the end of this road trip? Do you guys have anything else you need to say to each other? Um, at some point, like probably a little bit of quiet's happened um, on the drive before this, but Frank's just going to go like, don't know if you remember what you said there, but... Thanks, I needed to hear that. No, and thank you for defending me when she called me a drug addict, which is not <laughs> false, but it was said in a negative light, which I don't approve of. You're not wrong, you're just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'll, I'll say this, drugs, drugs ain't, haven't never been my vice, but 
I'd be a hypocrite if I, uh, if I, if I was critical of that, because you know, we all have our own addictions, we all have our own vices. Oh, I know as well as anyone, an addiction can can cause problems. But and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an idiot. I know it's not good, but I, I, I bankrupted myself buying buying trading cards. It's you know, it's it's not the same thing, but. It's me. It's me doing something compulsively that I didn't need to keep doing, and I'm not one to sit back and, you know, let that kind of compulsion be something to be weaponized against someone. We all have our vices. Exactly. At least ours aren't murder. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> you can have far worse ones. This is out of character. I did bring George, right? Yeah, you guys, you killed all the people who were after you, so you had time to take uh, Private Fortune's unconscious body and George if you wanted to. Yes, they are both with us. All right, so do you guys want to just stop and throw Private Fortune out of the car on your way through North Valentine? Sure. You mean, like, drop him out of hospital or something? Yeah, sure. I like that you guys roll You roll into North Valentine in the middle of the night, all these gleaming skyscrapers, big big city living, but late at night. And you just roll up next to the hospital, <laughs> open the door, push him out, <laughs> close the door. I use thaumaturgy to go, help! You you act like that was a positive thing to do, but as we learned in the wrestling arc, what you're probably doing is saddling him with a lifetime of medical debt that he'll now have to join the game to work off. No, no, no. He's a soldier. I don't know how America works. <laughs> so the VA is an organization. No. <laughs> <laughs> Story time. Yeah, so you guys drive away, you leave Private Fortune. Um, as you guys pull out of North Valentine, you do get a response, uh, Ed, to your text. Uh, Cundy texts back to you, uh, bless you. Make sure the kids take good care of Marty. Oh, oh no. I- I'm sure we'll be back. The season is named after the city. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine was not an all of, like, we'll never see Marty again. It was a... It's like, oh, that, that, that's, that's Ed's priority. Oh. All right. So you guys drive out of North Valentine across more desert to uh, across the border to Lion Hill, L-Y-O-N-H-I-L-L. Uh, there's more geographical information if you're interested in some of the files that Sketch has posted in various places. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the listening audience, all you really need to know is there's a neighboring place where Aaron's company is, and that's where they are. Um, do you want to paint a picture of it, uh, just visually, Sketch? Just Lion Hill in general? Yeah, sure. So Lion Hill is basically sort of an analog of some of the heavy manufacturing countries that we have now. So we're thinking of an amalgamation of, like, the steel belt in America, areas of China, and other manufacturing centers kind of rolled into one. It was plentiful in resources and between a combination of opportunistic individuals as well as being able to make habitable locations in a relatively inhospitable location since Lion Hill is mountainous, you know, not very rich in water at the very least, adjacent to a desert and stuff. The biggest limitation for Lion Hill has always been basically how do we get people to survive here long enough to take advantage of the resources? So what happened leading up to the campaign was various people were able to set up companies and primarily focus on the construction of magical constructs in the sort of post-Ilium world. Um, 
There's a few different companies there. We'll explore some of them. But Aaron Aeronautics, I assume, is one that is involved in various technologies, not just constructs, warforged and the like, but other uh, manufacturing facilities. But imagine all tech kind of runs through Lion Hill from a manufacturing standpoint. It's sort of like the modern way that Glitter Gold kind of honed the magical manufacturing process in pre-Ilium. Now, this is sort of like the modern variant of it when you're able to form it into solid goods with circuitry, tech, and magic being infused through it. Yeah, so, I mean, the basic dichotomy here is if Valentine is uh, really a cultural exporting society with fashion and media being the two most powerful branches, uh, manufacturing and and aerospace, as the name aeronautics implies. So basically making things, right. and especially complicated, big, expensive things. Right. Uh, so when you guys get to uh, Aaron Aeronautics, which is also just like the headquarters, I suppose, it's more like a campus mm-hmm. than a like factory or an office building. There's actually like a multiple buildings on a very, very large piece of land, and they're kind of spread out. Um, and they're, it's a very unconventional kind of business compared to valentine which is all like gleaming skyscrapers and then like seedy underbelly this is um as you said kind of like what if pittsburgh was silicon valley and so yeah there's like a lot of smog and stuff but this is like the nicer neighborhood and you guys can see that the um the symbol for aaron's company is just like an a with wings and he's as you guys like drive past it he kind of like almost like self-conscious and he's like i, I never was much for brandon uh, often simplicity is the best way to go around things. I think the first proposal was just my name, but I I had nightmares about that my name being on, on all kinds of products. You know where the word Brandon comes from? The guy's name, right? <laughs> what was it, Bra- Brandon Branding? Talking about that cow shit, right? Yes, branding. It's a cattle practice where a heated piece of metal is pressed against the flesh of a bovine scarring it it's a ghastly metaphor for what the companies do i couldn't stand to see my name up on there i mean well who doesn't want to see their name everywhere (laughs) i can only see imagine worse things those who prefer discretion probably would not want to have their name everywhere all i want is to make things I could care less about the money or the notoriety, privacy. None of that matters to me. So this is our final stop for now? Geographically, if not philosophically, I suppose. He pulls into a a parking space and gets out. A day is just breaking. You guys, like, started the heist uh, as it was getting late, and then you, like, fought until, like, midnight, and then you drove for, like, six hours. Uh, So it's, like, almost morning, and the sun's just coming up. Um... But you can actually see there are people like moving about on campus, like bleary eyed coffee and so forth. But this place wakes up early and he's gestures for you guys to follow him. Um, Frank is going to follow, but just like try and stay as close to uh, Ed and Lenora as possible and just not near Cat. <laughs> I can see party unity is a priority with you folks. Teamwork for some of us. Oh, no, Kat's pretty casual about this. She seems to just be pretty relaxed at the moment. Ed is also fairly relaxed in how he walks at the moment. Lenore's going to hold Frank's hand. <laughs> oh. Uh, jo- George stays in the car. I can't bring George? Oh, you can. I was just, just going to use his agency to stay behind. It's up to you. 
I'm just going to carry him like a baseball or a basketball. Beep boop. Find a place to plug me in. Beep boop. Oh, can we plug him in the van then? Yeah, I was going to beep boop. I was going to get in the cigarette lighter. Beep boop. I didn't want to leave you alone this time, George. Just don't let anyone kidnap you. Beep boop. Sleepy. Okay. All right. We'll leave George <laughs> to be plugged in. Beep boop. Thank you. That's Austin talking. He wish he could go to sleep. I do. Uh, as you guys enter uh, the building Aaron leads you to, you see that it's like a pretty obnoxious <laughs> space. Like there's a slide in the lobby and like a ball mm-hmm. pit. Uh, oh, oh, that type of obnoxious. I thought you meant like gaudy. No. The, the kind the, of like, this is a really fun place to work. Please sign your contract and start working here. Doesn't it look fun? Yeah. They're like beanie bean bags and shit. Yeah, there's a bunch of chairs that were designed to look interesting, but not be very sittable. Oh my god, is it is it Entertainment 720 from Parks and Rec? <laughs> it's it's a lot, and actually, Aaron seems embarrassed about it. He says, uh, "I I do not make the decorating decisions. Uh, I try not to come out this far from from the labs. I'll be honest." Lenore's gonna sit in a weird chair. <laughs> you feel free to bring it with you. Okay, free chair for my, maybe I can go back to home, yay. Uh, Aaron stops by the front desk and says to uh, the person sitting there like, Doris, can you bring up uh, accounts receivable for a moment, please? And she says, no problem, Mr. Aaron. (laughs) And then Aaron turns to you and says, how much did you require? Ed thinks for a moment and then responds, five million. <laughs> uh Aaron says, is that for the whole group or just you? Ed actually kind of gives a bit of a grin at Aaron's reaction there and just says, I just wanted to start a little high, I guess, and work down from there. Oh, you've you've learned to negotiate. <laughs> mm. I suppose we all have learned something this fateful night. One million should be sufficient for what for my situation. Um, if you want to, I can give an account for that to be wired to directly. Yeah, feel free, Doris. Take care of that. Anything for the rest of you? Look, I get the, I get the deal for for Ed here. Ed Ed's deal is Ed comes in and and that's what he's getting paid for. I don't entirely understand, right? Like, I don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth, but what are we what are we obligated to if we if we What's the catch? <laughs> yeah. Basically, Ed's, Ed's got to be here. That's what he's doing for that money. Can we wait until we know what we're doing before we, you know? I need to know what, what what's the value proposition here. Frankly, I don't care. I'm just trying to do whatever's necessary to get you to follow me to the end of this building. So, $500,000. All right. <laughs> uh, Frank's going to ask for uh, 250000 all right, that meant nothing to me. Doris, if uh, there's not enough in the budget to dip into the personal account, I won't be needing it. And uh, have a nice day. I'll see you later. <laughs> Bye, Mr. Aaron. Thanks, Doris. Bye, nice to meet you. Uh, and Aaron walks away, <laughs> clearly over the whole thing. Do we follow him? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right, so he takes you deeper into Aaron Aeronautics, uh, past a couple security checks. Uh, the doors open before he gets anywhere near them. Um, <laughs> like, just he looks at the doors and they jump out of the way practically. Um, and he's just striding forth with confidence. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about before? Because, like, I th- we're getting close to the end of the recording and uh, we're going to get to some stuff. So I just don't want to make... If there's anything you guys wanted to get out. The, the only thing I want 
Frank to do before going much further is I want him to to try and send a message to um to his ex and just say there's there's some money coming in. Hopefully this covers what I owe. I'm sorry for everything that I put you through. And just gonna try and send it. No idea if it's gonna go through, but the text goes through. It's still very early morning, so I don't think you get an immediate reply. Yeah. Although, uh, Kat, you do get a reply from Graves with the picture of Heller's dead body. Uh, he wakes up now. He's getting ready for work, and he sees that. And he texts, oh, fuck, shit, tits, ass, bitch, cocked. <laughs> it's just like a stream of expletives. Each one is a separate message, and it goes on for like 30 seconds. <laughs> Kat's going to text back. Last chance if you want out. One down, nine to go. So I think you guys get caught up. And I, at this point, Kat, are you keeping it to yourself that not only did you kill Nucky, but he made it explicit that removing him from that position meant basically declaring war on Crown? No, I mean, I'll make it clear that this is a war against Crown. I mean, it was already kind of a war against Crown. Yeah, I mean, so I want to be explicit. So there are there is no confusion. The game is over. Yeah. There was a fork in the road. You guys could have kept playing the game or you could have went to war. And in character, Katarina made that decision for everybody. Out of character, there were a lot of decisions that led to that point. It was a very butterfly effect of you guys leaving her alone with Nucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it was more collaborative than it may look. But in character, like, they're coming for you. And mm-hmm. uh, Graves says that. He says, no one's safe now. Solomon won't stop till you're dead. I'm going to try to get protection for your family and stuff. Um no promises, but it's on now. I mean, Kat's got to text back. She's going to say, like, there ain't no family, so use that on yourself, brah. <laughs> okay. Lenora's going to text Rosen again and be like, here is money for Operation Take Care of My Parents. And I'm going to send Rosen on my money. Um, Frank is going to add to his previous message. He's just going to add, um, make sure you keep yourself and the kids safe. He's not going to explain anything more than that, I think. He's just going to just try and say to them, just just stay safe. Uh, so you guys uh, finish catching up on all the goings on as you walk through this uh, building. And Aaron uh, doesn't really explain much to you. He seems off in his own world. He's, he's up in his head thinking about stuff. And he finally leads you to the deepest part of this building the most uh, the, with the most security checks. There's like 100,000 locks on everything. Um, and that seems uh, attuned to him specifically, so he doesn't really need to interact with anything. And he leads you into this uh, sanctum sanctorum, the innermost part. Uh, if if events had transpired differently and you guys wanted to heist this place, which could have happened, there's actually like an infinite amount of other options that could have gotten us to this point, uh, which will be fun to talk about in the postmortem. Uh, but you get the sense it would have been very, 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 very difficult. Uh, but you just walk in because you agreed to do his thing. Yay. <laughs> and so you walk into this room. It looks like a, you guys have seen a lot of police procedurals, I assume. Yes. So like an interrogation room with the glass wall. Hmm. With the two-way glass. You don't know if it's two-way, but if there's a small room and there's glass and then there's another room on the other side of it, uh, this side there's a control panel. Mm. And on the other side, you see something? Uh, what it looks like is a tree made out of technology. <laughs> that is the 
Robo tree. Robo tree. That is the simplest way to explain it. It's like a, there's a huge tower, like a PC tower, but much, much taller. Hanging off it is just a, a preposterous amount of wires that hang down all around it, giving a kind of like foliage feel. And there are a large like dongles you could say in it at very various points that like that almost look like fruit i'm picturing someone turned upside down the loose cable, the jumbled up loose cables draw on top of like a, a coat rack yeah it, it's it definitely contrasts with the technology you saw at fort splendor specifically which is very like clean i said Westworld or like an apple lab this is much more like steve jobs in his garage mm. and you can tell like Aaron is embarrassed of the culture of like the weird chairs and the slide and the ball pit, but this he is into. This is like dirt and grime and grease, and there's like tools on the floor, and this panel just looks has looks like it has like nacho cheese on it and stuff because he's just he doesn't leave to eat. Um, and there is one other person in this room, uh, a woman in a lab coat who's uh, sitting uh, in a chair in the corner, like on her phone, and she like mm-hmm. looks up, sees you all come in, and it just looks back down and goes back to Twitter or you know fantasy Twitter. So she's not surprised to see any of you. Uh, and Aaron says. Uh, once the doors close, good. Now we can begin discussing uh, some top secret material that I'm sure you've all been waiting on tender hooks to hear. I've been excited to explain it to you. Uh, where should we begin? Uh, Ed, I suppose, or Mardis, both of you. I'm going to need all your voices. Welcome to my life's work. Ed is going to look out to the tree and approach the panel so you can kind of lean in and look closer to it. There's a, a slight shift in his posture, and then when he speaks, uh, at least for Frank and Cat, a different voice kind of comes out. So, just what is it, Aaron? I call it the Einsoft. It is part of a long-term project revealed to me in my vision in the desert. I could get into the theorem and the science, but long story short, it is a device to study the world of forms. Oh shit. Well, now you've got my attention there. I thought I might. After all, you are the key I've been looking for. Why don't you uh, have your seat here and uh, tell us all a little bit about yourself, Modus. You are a stranger to me. But I'm confident your story will be enlightening, elucidating even. Ed's eyes normally are sort of black with sort of like a uh, a blue ring to kind of indicate kind of where his eyes are. Um, as he sits down, others might notice that his eyes have sort of become a solid blue, have sort of shifted to a solid color as opposed to just being uh, having a ring of color in it. And then he begins to speak. As... Aaron mentioned, uh, my name is Mardis. Uh, don't worry. It's not like I've been hiding. Uh, I'm a, a, a spirit, a soul, whatever you want to call it, that also occupies inside of Ed's chassis. So we both live in here as one person. But how I got here is a little unusual. Um, I don't know when I lived but I do know that it was long in the past. There was a time before the forms were known, before your holodeck was a thing, uh, Frank. 
Um, people didn't even know what the forms were because all we had were gods. These gods would interact with the forms. They would give us uh, a connection with them to be able to do things, to do magic. But then something happened. An incident happened, uh, seemingly catastrophic, that caused all immortal beings to pass away, including the gods. So there was this dramatic paradigm shift. And I was one of many that was interested in understanding more. Um, so I was already studying the nature of the planes, the different you know, realms of existence. And myself and a few others had the idea of trying to use magic to directly communicate up with the forms, to speak with them more directly, to interact with them more directly on their own plane of existence. And then my memory kind of gets hazy there. I remember there being a rush of magic. I remember there being light, sensations. And then it was different. Things changed. And then I realized that I was no longer in the same place, in the same time, in my own body. I was in, well, this body of a, of a forged that was working as a musician for, for a casino. And I made friends with him, and I've been spending the past, let's see here, eight years minding my own business and doing my own experiments and how I can interact with such an entity in a harmonious fashion. But to find someone else who's been investigating the forms like this is certainly interesting. Um... Not going to lie, there's a lot to take in. Oh, it is. It is. So basically what you're saying is you are, what, you're a, you're a ghost in in some kind of shell. <laughs> Robo-ghost! Aaron actually breaks in and he says, See, this is what's so interesting. Possession we've seen, ghosts inhabiting corporeal forms, but that's not what this is. No. It isn't, and it's not like what happened with Skell, because when I saw what happened with Skell, that was interesting, because the personality went away, the essence went away. As far as I could tell, it didn't happen with me, and I have no idea why. Skell died, his soul left this plane. In the same way, a ghost is an entity made of physical material, ectoplasm is of course the word we have for it, but you, Modest, are something entirely different. You are touched by the realm of forms. You are Modus himself. Not merely a ghost, but exactly what I've been seeking. You're seeking someone who has not only transcended their physical form, but transcended any constituent elements altogether and just becomes a pure form themselves? Is that what you're asserting that I am? Some time ago, in my research, I discovered a record kept by one of the deceased gods, which described uh, a parallel timeline in which... Oh, you've read that one too. <laughs> ...mortals were able to contact the world of forms, and they did so by harnessing the vibrational frequency of material from that world. That seems to be the only way to make direct contact, which I assume is in some way... What happened to you? Now, 
I have tried every method known to man and some which I invented myself and I cannot recreate that event without something like you, Modus. Well, that's true. I, I myself have no matter to impose vibrations. And that's where my invention, the Ironsoft, comes in. You want me to become part of it? I want to use you to attune it to the frequency of the world of forms and open it up to study. Think how much progress we could make in medicine if I can, if I can harness wellness itself. Think how much technology could advance if I could access knowledge itself. What you want to do is basically like use Ed or Mardis or whoever, whoever I, I don't know what I'm supposed to call you now. Use, <laughs> you, use you. You can call us either. We're both here. Okay. So you want to you wanna take Ed Mardis and plug him into the computer tree to try and access like everythingness. I believe that explanation will suffice. Yes. I want to access power beyond power, not for its own sake, not to rule the world or become rich or powerful. None of that interests me. I want to help the world. I want to create. I want to innovate. I want to disrupt. I want to dream. The one caveat I will have is that is also what people who want to take over the world with this kind of text say. (laughs) I think we should have that on the table. People who want to take over the world with this tech are going to say they don't want to take over the world with this tech. Yes, we've played social deduction games before where that is always a problem. The the main concern I have is, as someone who's done experiments on this realm, um, do you have any idea how wrong this can go very quickly? (laughs) I have dedicated my entire career... To this project. It was revealed to me, and I believe this with all of my soul, by a form itself. As I wandered that desert on the solstice, I was visited by something so transcendently powerful that every sensation I have ever felt since then has been dimmed by its brightness. It is difficult to convey in words. <laughs> If you have not felt what I have felt, but if you did, there would be nothing that could stop you from feeling it again, I promise you. When I ask people what they deserve, it is not a rhetorical trick. I am not trying to deceive you. It is because when a question came to me, it was not in words, but in purity, in a way that our world does not possess. I do not know what form. It has kept me up many nights. Potential. Innovation duty to mankind who knows but i know what it wanted for me and it wanted this us here in this room the fact that this form that you saw wanted you to create this there's a part of me that worries what if the thing you're making is purely a thing that's gonna free whatever gave you this image in the first place like something wanted released and it put into your brain, make this thing to get itself out. Might I interject something in this part here? Uh, the p- difficulty about talking the f- about the intention of the forms is that practically every form behaves without intention. They just behave as a pure manifestation of themselves. The problem comes in people's interpretations on what those forms are and what they mean. That's one 
of the issues that comes in the study of the forms. If we were talking about a god, gods get jealous, they get angry, they get horny, <laughs> they do all kinds of petty little things. Forms just are. If a form wanted to escape, it would be escape, and there is nothing we can do. But isn't there the risk of bringing attention, bringing the attention of something that maybe we don't want? I believe you already have the attention of something you don't want, which which brings me to what I believe will be the conclusion of this conversation. Uh, the Crown Corporation wants you dead. Yeah. They will do anything possible to make this happen. They will kill your family. They will track you to the ends of the earth. They will go to the afterlife and they will absorb your very soul to torment it. What I offer you is not just a witnessing of the culmination of my life's work, but participation. I want all of you to join me on this journey. And as I told you, Kat, the only outcome is improvement. Imagine, imagine what you could be, not just as a survivor, but as a conduit to survival itself. I could dig that. And now this is me, Austin, out of character. There was... A couple big choices in the last couple episodes. One was, do you guys want to keep doing heists or want to go to war with Crown? The other is, mm -hmm. do you guys want to participate in this experiment and get superpowers? Which is, <laughs> uh, essentially, I'm going to ask you all, what form would you like to be a conduit to? So, for example, if Katarina wanted to be Katarina Brooks' conduit of survival, she would get uh, something related to that, say, immunity to damage or like she would write in her feature box like conduit of survival colon space can't be killed <laughs> huh okay hmm how i want to end this episode is i want to stop talking and then i want the four of you to take a look inside your character's hearts and decide if you want any part of this and if so what word what concept what form what idea defines you and how that would manifest so the the syntax again is just to remind me the, like the embodiment of blank right yeah i mean the exact vocabulary isn't super important but if i was designing like magic the gathering cards the first one would just be frank westerly duelist yeah. and then there'd be an upgraded version of you in a later set which would be like frank westerly conduit of skill or something but depending on your word i don't want to put words in your mouth but that's how it'd be formatted formatted so at one point uh there might be a little chatter back and forth between ed and martis in fact they might actually do this out loud mm -hmm. so people will see his eyes shifting and his voice pitch shifting as well as he's sort of talking with himself kind of out in the open i think regardless of what the others do we're okay with helping see if this experiment works but under the caveat that hopefully by the end of it that martis and i are not separated as a result of this aaron says now i cannot promise that you will not be harmed because i do not know what will happen i have never seen this procedure but everything i've ever done with my life since i received that vision has been correct so I, I do truly believe, and I hope you can look me in the eye and understand, I honestly believe you will survive this and you will remain intact. Modest is already a form, so he will not connect with a form, if my calculations are correct. But Modest will remain part of you, and you will become a conduit. Let's see what happens. 
and then Ed basically does the maneuvers, the writing down on paper or otherwise, and focuses on the form, the conduit of synergy. I've only been in existence for 10 years since they first activated me, but for the vast majority of it, I have not been a single entity. I've been one that has been strengthened by my connection with Martis. If we're to see this in a pure form, I would like to see what it's like if I embrace the form of synergy and become a conduit of synergy. Uh, Lenara is going to write down, and this I hope this word makes sense, um, magnetism. Huh. Not just charisma. No, no, no. I, I like that because there's, there's some ways you could take that next week. That's great. Yeah. She wants not just being charismatic, but truly. Truly, truly magnetic. Having people drawn to you. She's a performer and she likes attention. I've had a couple of words going back and forth, but the one that I keep coming back to. Uh, I, I'm being so indecisive. The one I the one I keep being drawn to is protectiveness. Aww. Or protection. Because you're a dad. Just big old, big old doofy dad. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah. So Frank 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 is is going for protection. Cat's done with surviving. She's becoming a conduit of victory. Credits. Wow, and we're here to do the credits. The credits. So music. It's new music this month. Are you excited? Yeah. Tell us all about that new music, Austin. The new music, Austin, is uh, <laughs> from Overclocked Remix. We have Trance Version, an arrangement of Theme from Ghost and Goblins. Whoa. And we... What? I said whoa. Why whoa? <laughs> I was trying to be excited. And we have Badass, an arrangement of One Winged Angel from Final Fantasy VII. Of course. I'm sorry. I'm so basic. <laughs> You're just predictable. I am. Also, we have Redesign Your Logo by Lemon Demon, uh, a.k.a. Neil Sisierga, who gave me his blessing to use it on our show. I had to ask him because he does not have a public policy like Overclocked Remix does, where I just looked at their website and it said it was okay. Wait, so you got to talk to him? That's cool. Yeah, he's very cool. Do you remember when in high school when everyone was obsessed with Potter Puppet Pals? Yeah, it's that guy. Yeah, and now he says we can use our his music on our show, which is cool. Yeah, whoa, we're like cool and famous. Wow. All right, so now... <laughs> Would you like to name the executive producers for April 2018? I have a list here, and I'm going to read some names. And you want to help me? Yeah, let's read some names together. Okay. I want to take initiative here. Mm-hmm. 
Joseph Tombrello. Extellaris. Kirsten Haslinger. Nope. Kirsten? Kirsten. I said Kirsten. Kirsten? Kirsten. Kirsten? I'm so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I wonder, wow, can I get any worse at speaking? Mm -hmm. And then here we go. It's always exciting to know you have untapped potential, though. I guess. Jade. Devin Smith. Save Arden Akrasimova. Arna Helgadotir. Brent. The Cult of Gorfanax. Paul Mullen. Dr. Goatman. Toshiro Kuru. Andrew Grothin. Levi the Young. Kevin Dobbins. Anthony Savier. Morgan Rapp. Cucumber. That's so good. <laughs> Hustle Bones. I mean, Hustle Bones is also very good. It really is. Killer Cotton Shizno. Nicholas Dominic. Isaac Arevalo. Oliver Sadler. Yam! I can't believe you got yam. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to arrange this list so all the ones I get are extremely easy to say and all the ones you get are like tongue twisters and see if you notice. You know what they say about people pronouncing things wrong? It just means they learned it from reading and that's not bad. Oh, okay. You read a lot of book. Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) I don't read scary stories online that make me afraid to be home alone. Anna Michael. Andrew Birmingham. Gina Helber. Douglas Williamson. Doctor 101. The Most Wise Guru. Z23619. Quench the Void. Adorkable Smile. Vizzy Huggles. Jay Logan. The cast of Dundon's The Gathering. Madison Lilith McKenzie. Latorius Stoltzy. <laughs> Is it Stoltz or Stoltzy? I don't know. I think it's Stoltz. It could be Stoltzy. Victoria Molito. Scotty Vilhard. Aline! Shout out to Aline. Hi, Aline. Majin. Criterion. Ren. Einar Johansson. Carter Rayner. Major Tem. Matthew B. Hare. Jorgen Indy Monster Wenwick Ford. Joy Fox. Razumi Yazura. Albert West. Ken Fursell. Eleanor Nanante Sees Periton. Scott Cummings. Starlight Glimmer Did Nothing Wrong. Juman Jack. Mel Teach. Arjun de Koenig. Grimlock. John Potts. Dawson Parr. Noah Sudret. Zephasaurus. Elderly Goose. Salad Child. Sarah Stone. Thorsten Gross. Castor UK. Aki Savalainen. The Paladin's Wife. Florian H. Shout out to Florian H., a real OG, real true homie. Okay. Mad Love. Yes. <laughs> I don't know the context, but everyone is great, and I mean that. Yes, everyone's very good. Uh, <laughs> Leon Maloney, Love Child. <laughs> Holy shit, that's very good. Oh. I love the jokes. I don't think uh, George Soros uh, contributes anymore, but that was my old favorite. That was a good one. Leon Maloney may be my new frontrunner. Junk 2.0. The Hadsels. Dominic Bowden. Melissa Nielsen. Don. Eugene T. Connor Reynolds. Pruitt Holcomb. Artemis BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Bristol. Francois V. Shaynes. Dennis Pancake Detlefson. Miko from Finland. Dennis Bankston. Josh Moser. Andigo Van Dane. Allison Ansel. Sydney Marzing. Just the Jester. Brady Warner. Kitty Foe. James Neely. Marissa Donaldson. M. Joe. Lana Seawolf. Toby Gleason Stack. Matthew Weber. Melissa Booker. Cameron Abbas. Dylan. Anna Stolfar. Sean, the host of Funk Dunk Plays. Harrison Andrew. Christopher Charlow. Jorrit. Viger Arnston. 
Cody Jackson. And August Rue. We made it. A whole list. Did a whole lot of words. Talk. Wow. And yet I somehow fucked up everybody's name. I, I feel like I fuck it up a different way every time. It's endearing, though, because it sounds like you're trying your best. I mean, I am. I'm just dumb. Oh, <laughs> also thanks to everybody who's on our show and does stuff. Uh, Chris Larios is at uh, patreon.com slash weekly manga recap. Yeah, skitches on stuff. Skitch.bandcamp.skitch.bandcamp. <laughs> One week we're going to actually say it right, and then he'll be released from his curse. <laughs> right. Skitch.bandcamp.com, I believe. And also, of course, lowercase dale at kotaku.co.uk. Yeah, or lowercase buzz everywhere. That's true. Also, she just broke the Spyro the Dragon story. Well, she broke it like February, but she was just proven right. So big ups, journalism. Wow. I don't know the context of that because I don't. She did a good journalism. To games, but she did cool things. So yeah, and she's a cool lady. Everyone's cool in our show except, except for, for you. <laughs> oh my god, you just <laughs> called me out. You were halfway through saying it. It's okay if I say it. Okay, I just anticipated. We were said that we had the cosmic brain for a second there, and I saw your joke, and I I became your joke, and it was. Oh, it hurts coming from you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Rough, 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 rough. Also, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, subscribe, comment, rate. Patreon for you. Give Austin money. Mm, I don't know. I do my, I do good, but am I really better than Weekly Manga Recap? Ask yourself. You're very tired. You're probably more tired. You gotta find out what happens in Baruto. What? <laughs> now, Lauren, if I told you there was a series called Baruto about Naruto's son named Baruto, would you believe me that, that that's real? Yes. Oh, dang. Is it real? Yes, it is, but it sounds fake, and I was hoping you would try to call my bluff. <laughs> no, it sounds very anime. Yeah, Boruto, B-O-R-U-T-O. That has nothing to do with this. It sounds like it should be like Naruto with dogs. <gasps> Borkruto? <laughs> Borkruto. <laughs> I'm sure that fan art exists. Hold on. Keep thanking people. I'm going to look up Naruto Furry? Don't no no. <laughs> anyway, oh thanks yes, to all the cats. Oh, uh, it's Zelda real. and Anna live in my house. Smudge, Smudge is Laura's cat. Thank you, cats, for your cat inspiration. Mm-hmm. Whatever fucking Austin's doing, stop. Mm-mm. Never gonna stop. Here comes Naruto the furry. I'm just gonna screenshot this though, and everyone asks about it, I can post it later, and say this is what Austin did to me. It has your name above it and everything. On our other show, we talked about our fursonas. What's yours? Just get it on tape so everyone on the internet can know. Well, I have to hear what yours is first. I think it's been a long time, but I think I either said sloth or bear. Yeah. Um. I mean, let's be real here. I would be like a little blue penguin because I have blue hair and I'm small and I'm a penguin. Now, are you a penguin who happens to be blue, or is there a kind of penguin called the blue penguin? There's literally a species. It's either... <laughs> I think they're either called fairy penguins or little blue penguins. They're the same kind of penguin. <laughs> they're like the smallest kind of penguin. <laughs> the Wikipedia page is titled Little Penguins. <laughs> Aren't all penguins little, though? It's just very on the nose, Australia. Yeah, little blue fairy penguins. That's what they are. That's my persona. On record. Everyone knows. All right, so thank you to Fairy Penguins. I think that's everybody? Yeah, and all the dogs in the world, all just like all the animals, except for orangutans, they know what they did. 